Good morning, New City. How's everybody doing this morning? Isn't that cool? Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> Why are we clapping? I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Everybody doing well? Sounds like we got some liveliness going on in here, some rambunctiousness. I kind of dig that. I dig that a lot. Guys, my name is Casey. I'm one of the one of the pastors here at New City. Welcome, everybody. Got some good visitors here this morning. So I met some folks for the first time. Man, welcome. Welcome. Uh, some of you have been coming for a little bit, still met you for the first time, so my, my, my bad on that. But um, we are going through what's called the story, as you kind of see. We're going into where we call the, the king's section of the story. And the story is a, an abridged version of the Bible that we are going through right now. We're in chapter uh, uh, 13, yes, we're in chapter 13 right now. So we are you know, almost halfway through this, this series, which is weird, man, because... Because it seemed like we just started it. Now, for some of you that say, oh, man, I, I got to catch up. I'm never going to catch up, man. No problem at all. We'll have, uh, you know, story, have uh, videos like that. I'll kind of help catch up a little bit. You can start reading on your own. You can kind of get the, get the story book, if you will. But, but we do encourage you to get the story. You can get it. Uh, we actually sold out of the ones we had here. You can get it uh, on a Kindle version, but it is a, like I said, it's an abridged version of the Bible. It takes excerpts from the scriptures. It does not. Uh, it does not. It's not a paraphrase or anything like that, like the message or anything. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's an, a. Basically, it takes excerpts from the scriptures, puts them in in uh, chronological order, and there's commentary. There's timelines that helps us to understand the scriptures. It is not something that replaces the Bible. I've heard people say, oh, so we're going to do this instead of the Bible? Absolutely not. What we want to have is, that, is folks to, to read the story, get a familiarity with the Scriptures, and be able to go into the Scriptures even deeper and farther and, and understand them more so that we can obey what God has to say. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. All right, cool. So that's kind of what the story is. So read the story, get the story, come hear the messages on Sunday morning, uh, re, you know, listen to the podcast, you can listen to the messages from the Shawnee campus and from here and get a different perspective, not a different message, but a different perspective on kind of what God says to us. We're not uh, cookie cutter type of uh, teachers or anything like that, but we also want to encourage you to come to, and uh, on, on Tuesday nights at seven o'clock, come here, the, come to the story group. Uh, find out, you know, kind of dive a little bit deeper into what we are learning on Sunday mornings. Pete, uh, Pistol Pete, right? <laughs> Pistol Pete and a funky bunch. That's awesome. Where's Pete? Where's Pete? There he is, Pete. Um, you standing behind the, the black curtains. I couldn't, I don't know. Um, shirt, like, blended in or something. By the way, my allergies are killing me. I don't know if you, you guys know I'm working, like, with a roofing company. And so I, I've been up on high rises all week. And there's pollen up there that you ground-dwelling civilians have no idea about. So just letting you know. So, <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going to come out of my mouth. But Pete, Pistol Pete, is going to be facilitating that. And guys, if you, had, if you were blessed enough to, to be there last week, you know that there are some insights that, that God has given this cat that is just awesome. So, man, we want to encourage that. So discuss these things with your family during the week. Share with other people. we got lots of, uh, lots of events in Edgerton that, that we are about engaging in our community and understanding what it means to be part of this community and what is important to edgerton is important to us and so there are a couple of things that are going on and by the way uh charlie troutner gave me a uh, a little list of some things of very good turnouts this past week at town hall at the town hall meeting with the sheriff johnson county sheriff as well as the manor park open house yesterday so great turnouts great just just great to see the city doing he wanted to thank everybody as a city council member uh, that everybody it just just was awesome to see that kind of turnout. 
Uh, also, there is a Girl Scout recruitment night at Edgerton Elementary School, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. And then there's the city council meeting. You have an opportunity to kind of see, see what's going on in the city on Thursday at 7 o'clock. And I tell you these things because we do want you to go out and share, have the opportunities to share with different people. And as we engage in our community and engage with those those things, you know, Saturday, guys, serve Saturday, 9 o'clock right here. We're actually going to go paint a guy's house, man. I'll be like, what? It's not a, not a huge house, but it's going to mean the world of difference to this guy. He's, a, he's been a longtime uh, Edgerton resident, volunteer firefighter, I understand. Is he and his wife are having some medical issues, and we're going to actually go and do those kinds of things. And so we want to help people as we do those things to share what we, we are learning about the Bible and about God. Amen? That's why we're here. That's what we do. So we've taken you through creation and Noah, kind of like the, the whole, the, kind of you got the, got the summary from the video and you got the flood we talked about. We talked about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all those guys, Judges and Ruth, Samuel, right? And Samuel kind of gave, uh, like, you said, like you saw, he, he appointed Saul as the king of Israel. They, uh, they, they wanted a king rather than having God as their king. They wanted a, a man as a king. God's like, all right, let's see how that works out for you. And so the, he, he, he basically appointed Saul as king. Saul kind of started off pretty cool, went crazy, tried to kill this guy named David who, is, uh, who became king later. And we talked about young David and we talked about uh, King David last week. Let's see if we guys remember the, 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 uh, the different people. Who was this guy over here we talked about? That was Joab, cool, you guys got that. Who is this guy over here? Ab- a- who? Abishai, yeah, you guys. And who was the guy in the middle we talked about? And Nathan. So we had Abishai, who was kind of, a, kind of a, a contrarian, kind of argumentative guy to David, even when he agreed with God. He was disagreeable to David. Uh, you had Joab, who was uh, just a yes man. No matter what David did, he's like, yeah, you're the boss, right? I guess we'll... It'll be fine, but we, then we got this guy, Nathan, right? And the challenge was to be like Nathan, a guy that confronts people when they're disagreeing with God, and a guy that, that basically lifts people up when they're in, in agreement with God. Amen? That's what we're supposed to be. We are a discipling, teaching, baptizing, teaching people to obey kind of a church, and that's what we do, and that's why we're, we're here. And the question the, that we left ourselves with last week was, what kind of brother and sister are we going to be? The kind that just sort of agrees is, or the kind that just sort of goes with the flow or the kind that's just always contradictory and contrary to people. Are we going to be the kind of people that does what God wants us to do? And this brings us to a guy, David's son named Solomon. If you know anything about Solomon, Solomon, man, is historically speaking, was like the, like the richest dude that had the most influence, the most powerful person, man of any person in all of history. Makes guys, comparatively speaking, guys like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett look like butlers to this guy. I mean, this guy was just, he was just something. I mean, like you, you look at the, the power and the influence he had in the world. A massive kingdom, massive money, massive power. And in 1 Kings 3, 5-15, through 15, he's given this, this, this kingship, if you will, and he's talking to God in a dream. By the way, God still visits people in dreams today, especially in the Muslim world. So this is not, a, not an unusual type of, a, type of a thing. But in 1 Kings 3, 5 through 15, we, we hear this exchange between Solomon and God. It said, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And, and God said, ask for whatever. 
<coughs> you want me to give you. Now, before we go to the next verse, man, can you imagine somebody who's immature then, and God looks at that person, hey, ask me whatever you want, I'm going to give it to you. And people will be like, whoo, man, I tell you what, I'll take some chariots with some spinners on them, right? And so, man, I'll take, man, you hit me, man, I'll be, man, I want some thumping music in my chariots, right? That'd be awesome, right? Hit some triply and everything. No, but, but I want people, man, I want people to, I want power, I want money, I want wealth, I want long life, I want all kinds of stuff, man. I want all the Everything this world has to offer. Are you serious, God? No, don't be tricking me, right? I'll take it all, right? But here's what Solomon answered in verse 6. He said, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in, a pla- in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a what? A discerning heart to govern whose people? Yours, your people. And to, and to distinguish between right and wrong. Does our government, guys, does our government need to understand the difference between right and wrong? Absolutely. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Now, before we go into this and understand something, this is actually how Solomon starts off. And if you read the end of the, the chapter in the story, you realize that Solomon didn't end well and what were the encouragement for us is we got to finish our lives well see solomon married a whole bunch of people bunch of a bunch of women that 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 god said not to marry people that women that that worshiped other gods and in his old age they sort of pulled him away from the one true god and he started worshiping idols and as a result the kingdom was torn apart god said i'm going to take your kingdom from you not while you're sitting on the throne, but I'm going to take it away from your, your sons. But at this time, man, some of the things that, that, that Solomon wrote are just mind-boggling when he's in the presence and the obedience and the, the will of God. But the encouragement for us, man, is to never look at somebody like Solomon or David or Paul or Matthew or John or anybody in the Bible that writes anything in the Scriptures as if they are somehow deity. Because here's the secret, they're jacked up too. Right? Just like we are. These are fallen, sinful, messed up people. Everybody in the Bible except for Jesus is that way. Do you catch that? Like we, somehow, we somehow lift these guys up. Some people even pray to these guys. Are you kidding me? Man, we pray to the Lord, amen? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life. See, Solomon understands, and you can fill out your bulletins if you like here. Solomon understands that God is our healer and caregiver. Or or wealth for yourself. See, Solomon understands that God is our, what? Provider. Uh, Nor have asked for the death of your enemies. God, God, kill them, Lord. Lord, let me kill them. 
He's not asked for the death of any of those. Solomon understanding that it is God is our avenger, and may I say, in his own time. But for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience, everybody say if. And if, see, God makes these promises. It's, a, it's an if you, then I will. If you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a what? A long life. Then Solomon awoke. Then he realized that it, realized it had been a, a dream. A couple of years ago, I was reading this scripture, and this is the HCSB version of Isaiah 66, verse 2. Verse two. And it says, God tells us plainly the kind of person that he shows favor to. He says, I will look favorably on this kind of person, one who is, everybody say this with me, humble, submissive in spirit. That's not everybody. Try this again. Humble, submissive in spirit. Pretty good. And trembles at my word. There are three characteristics that God shows favor to those to those who are humble, those who are submissive in spirit, both to God and others, and are trembling at my word. That, that, that man, at the word of God, you just are, sh- you shudder. See, Solomon shows humility in his reliance on God, his submissiveness to God and others by his love of God's people and his submission to God's will. A trembling of his word by his recognition of his inability and and God's power. And so he writes things like Proverbs and Song of Solomon, by the way, which is about romance and sex and things like that. And I said sex, and everybody's like, woo, right? Everybody woke up all of a sudden. He said sex from the church. He wrote about all these things. He, and Solomon's wisdom was incredible. He wrote about all kinds of different, like horticulture and nature and you know, science and all kinds of stuff he wrote about. And this, in, in the story pages 179 through 183, a few of the, the proverbs that, that Solomon wrote, I'm going to kind of highlight a few of those. So, but one of the things that a lot of people like to do, they like to take the proverbs because they're, they're 31 chapters, they'll, re, they'll read a proverb a day. Uh, may, I, may I suggest that if you haven't started reading your scriptures, that you start doing that. That's a great way to start the scriptures. Go into proverbs and read a, a, one proverb a day for a month. Now, the only thing is, don't stop there. Do you know what I mean? Keep, keep reading. But, but that's a great way to start because there's some great principles of, of God in here. So let's, let's read from the, the story, page 179 to 183. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are, are simple. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will, what? Understand. 
to fear the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of the most famous of all Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your what? Wealth. With the first, first fruits, fruits of all your crops. With, then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplined those <laughs> those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. It is to no one's honor to avoid, it is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Which is good because I didn't sleep very good last night. <coughs> Stay awake and you will have food to spare. Do not say, I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord and he will avenge you. Finally, there's no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. The the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. See, Solomon's wisdom became famous. It It was an incredible thing to see all the dignitaries and kings and queens come from all over, give Solomon like buku's cedar stuff and like gold and all kinds of, I mean, crazy stuff. Like, why, why would they need that? Well, at that, that, that time in the culture, they needed that stuff. That was part of their culture and their commerce and all that. And it was incredible to see all the different pe- people would come by and just give gifts, give gifts. And, and the, the wealth of Israel just amassed, right? And so at the end of his life, he writes this book called Ecclesiastes, which is my personal favorite Old Testament book. And a lot of people don't like it. They think it's depressing. To me, I think it's like inspiring. Because because Solomon was wise. Solomon was powerful. Solomon was, I mean, people looked at Solomon like, you are amazing, right? The whole world just looked at Solomon like, that dude is the man. And he was powerful and he had everything at his disposal. Here's what he writes in in Ecclesiastes 1, verses 12 through 18. He said, I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are what? meaningless what are we doing here right a chasing after the wind what a what is crooked cannot be straightened what is lacking cannot be what counted i said to myself look i've increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over jerusalem before me before me i've experienced much of wisdom and knowledge then i applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and and folly but i learned that this too is a chasing after the wind for with much wisdom comes much what man does anybody anybody ever pursued like degrees and intellect and wanted to study and wanted to learn and that's just all you want to do is just feed your brain and after a while you go what am i 
What am I doing? I mean, there's a, I forget, you know, a lot of philosophers, historically philosophers and authors that, that don't honor God and don't know God, man, many times at the end of their life are depressed and suicidal because they're like, it's all jacked up and meaningless. I learned all this. Now I'm going to, going to die, right? And Solomon in his wisdom tried many different things to fill his life. He, in Ecclesiastes 2, he thinks, we see different things he tried. See, Solomon tried partying. Right, check out this. Man, in, in, in verse 1, he said, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be what? Laughter, I said, is madness. And what is that? What does pleasure accomplish? See, child, Solomon tried booze. Verse 3, I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their life, their lives. Solomon tried capitalism, man. And for a lot of us, entrepreneurialism. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and myself and planted vineyards. Solomon tried making things look pretty. If I could just have a view of the mountains from my house, that would make things right man i could just look out outside and look over the lake would be fantastic right i made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them i made reservoirs of to water groves of flourishing trees solomon tried getting people to serve him if i could just get a butler man man that would be awesome somebody to actually go to the cleaners for me and go to the grocery store for me that, then i'll know i will have made it verse seven i bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. Solomon tried storing up wealth. If I could just get enough money for retirement. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. Solomon tried entertainment. I acquired... Male and female male singers. Solomon tried sex. And a harem as well. The delights of a man's heart. Solomon tried power. Verse 9, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. And all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for all my toil. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and all and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Guys, we're going to be finishing here in a second, but I want you to understand. I want us to take away from Solomon's example and Solomon's writings here. This is not a depressing thing. I know a lot of people read, read chapters 1 through 11 in Ecclesiastes and go, I think I'm just going to drive off a bridge now. Is that cool? Yeah, I think I'll just do that because this, this is, everything's meaningless and I have no purpose and that kind of thing. But, but listen to what he says. Ecclesiastes 12, 9 through 14. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher 
searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads, they're collective sayings, like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. College students say amen. (laughs) Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. I'm going to break it down. After all I've said and all I've done and all I've written and all I've accomplished, here's the conclusion. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Guys, bottom line, Solomon had everything. And at the end of the whole journey, He's like, it's about about following God. It's about not pursuing booze or partying or entertainment or anything. Hey, not necessarily all those are bad things. I like going to parties myself, you know? I like being entertained. I like the fact that the Gardner Edgerton Trailblazers beat the snot out of Blue Valley Southwest Friday night. Word. 37 to 7. Whoop, whoop. Love the fact that my Georgia Bulldogs beat the snot out of South Carolina yesterday. But we can't take our identity in that. Right? This is Chris and Carol, man, is there, they, they can't take identity in being new K-State Wildcat fans. Right? We can't take our identity in the entertainment or the parties or the booze or the entrepreneurial ventures that we're involved in. Our identity must be in Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We are followers of Christ. Amen? We're not fathers and mothers and business owners and farmers. We're not unemployed or employed. We're not sisters and brothers above and beyond. The fact that we are children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the creator of heaven and the earth, the one that every knee will bow to. That's who we are. And so as soon as we start getting jacked up in our thinking, it is about, as Solomon said, following God and obeying his commandments. That's the bottom line, and that's where we have to go. And I pray that this is helpful to you, because this man, it rocks your world when you start looking at how we've lived our lives, and all of a sudden you go, this is meaningless. I'm going to be worm food here in a few decades, right? All of us are going to be in the ground. This building probably will be gone. I mean, that's like, guess that's depressing. No, it's not, because we actually get to go to heaven. There will be a new heaven, a new earth. It's all going to be made new. And so for us who are believers, man, there's hope. This is not a depressing thing. I don't know how people make it without Jesus. I really don't. There's no hope. And guys, if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, to have that hope, man, make it now. Make it right now. Man, tell somebody. Tell me. Come to me. I I, want to follow Jesus. 
because this is jacked up. I've tried all that stuff. I've tried party. I've tried the sex. I've tried it all. And I got to do what's meaningful. Amen? God, we sure do love you. And uh, we're amazed by you, God. You are not meaningless. The pursuit of you is not meaningless. The following of you, the obedience to you, the submitting to you, even when it don't make no sense, is not meaningless. There's purpose, God, in following you. And we thank you for that purpose. It's in your son's amazing name. All God's people said, amen.